This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on The Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Good morning, Sunday morning. Well, at least for most of us, it is. Um, I, I, my morning is starting awesome. Actually, as we speak, I'm just hanging up with Progressive Insurance because it looks like your boy locked his keys in his car. Awesome way to start the morning. So, and then, and then they just told me here a second ago that. My insurance was canceled. I was like, no, there's no way my insurance is canceled. I paid you guys $97 here on November 29th. And they were saying they need proof of additional drivers in the household. I don't have any other drivers in the household. So I'm so confused. And they're telling me there's no roadside assistance. That's going to be a problem. I'm going to be calling them back the minute we get off of air because I'm a little uh, a little worried. Man. I might be staying the night here at the station. <laughs> I mean, I guess worst case scenario, we go down to the car shop and get you a Slim Jim? Uh, I guess. I mean, you know, worst case scenario, it looks like that's what will be happening. So. You ever Slim Jim in a car? Uh, not in a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely been a while for me as well. I um, I used to work in printing, and um, I, used, I was always locking my keys in my car when I um, worked at the uh, Springfield News. And so we... We had metal banding that you would band all the pallets together with when you ship and ship them and everything. So, and a little grinder, and we would make our own little slim jims. Probably like a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. Open up that that car that I I locked up. Uh, so <laughs> that is incredibly helpful for my morning and for the rest of the afternoon. Now I've got to get back on the phone with them. It literally took forty minutes for them to answer the phone, and they just answered when you started your update. Uh, I've been sitting here the entire time waiting for them to answer. And as soon as you started your update, that's when they decided now was a good time. I feel like this is like a bad practical joke that's being played on me this morning. And already I don't like it. Oh, yeah, it doesn't sound like a good one. No, it's not. It's definitely not. So, But it's it's all good. Hopefully your guys' morning is going much better than mine is. This is Football Sunday. You can probably tell I am not Mike Lynch. Lynch is on vacation. Shout out to Mike Lynch. Enjoy your time off, bud. Uh, well needed time off. Lynch is always here. 
like you can hear him doing. Sometimes I heard him doing some Dirt and Sprague stuff. Uh, you of course hear him on Wednesday nights with uh, with Patrick Harris doing the Hot Corner. You know, Lynch is the the Swiss Army knife of the fan. Lynch and what swag probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, once you once you get on salary here, yeah, things know, change, right? Things change. Yeah. You, you get a. They're like, oh well, we need this hole filled, and we can't really like all of our part time guys. Oh, the, all their hours are maxed out. So guess what, Lynch, you're up. Yeah, you know that's, that's the way it's gonna go. <laughs> it man. is. It's, so, that's a little behind the scenes for. Yeah, so, it's not great but, being in radio. All but the time. The, but the one good thing about being salary is the fact that you will get some vacation. You will get some opportunities to get out of there and have it be paid. So Lynch is at home enjoying vacay. I believe he'll be back next week. I think that's what he said. I know a lot of times he'll go home for the holidays. So we'll actually see if he will be, will be. I'm pretty sure he will. He, it's rare for him to miss two shows in a row. Don't think he'll be doing that. But I am here, Rashad Taylor. Glad to be here with you guys. And, you know, despite my car situation this morning, you can interact with us here on the Bridgeport Beers text line 55305 or get us on Twitter. I'm at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond. Um, it's spelled A-S-Z-M-A-N, just just not like Donnie or Marie Osmond, but he is an Osmond nonetheless. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. It, it doesn't seem like it, but um, as the end of the end of the year kind of approaches, um, there's a lot of a lot of little storylines going on. Last night, obviously, there was a Las Vegas Bowl. Bowl season started. Talk about how the Ducks fared last night. Also, we're going to look forward to the year, seeing what we're looking forward to, seeing what you know, maybe what your forecasts and predictions are for the Ducks and the Beavers next season. I don't want to leave Oregon State out of this. Fantasy scramble at 9:30. I know this is playoff time for a lot of people that are, you know, if you're in the consolation bracket, play anyway. You know, you, you, it's like going to the NIT. I mean, it's not the tournament you want to be in, but you still want to win once you're there. So go ahead and send in your start sit questions. We're already starting to get them, starting to get them in here on the Bridgeport Beers text line. That may go to 9:45, depending on how many people have completely given up on their fantasy season. So far, like I said, a lot of consolation bracket people, including me, a couple weeks ago, um, were kind of saying, "Yeah, I'm over the season." But now, your boys, you know, a couple, a game away from possibly going back to the championship and maybe being the first back-to-back fantasy scramble champion here on 1080 The Fan. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see what goes on there. 10 o'clock, we're going to talk about the playoff race and the, the playoff picture and what it looks like right now. There's a lot of games today that have huge playoff implications. We're going to talk about some of those. And in the West Coast Bias, we're going to stick with the NFC West and talk about those playoff ramifications as we have a big game of the day between the Rams and the Seahawks. 9th or 10.30, hate it or love it as always. And it looks like since Lynch isn't here, I'm going to go ahead and get this W for the day. Thank you, Mike Lynch. And then uh, we'll, you know, we just kind of wing it on the last one because I don't think either of us have uh, that many things to, uh, to, to really cover. So we'll see. So that's going to be the show. But first, last night in my former, um, I want to call it hometown, but I lived there for a long time in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Sam Boyd Stadium, the Las Vegas Bowl happened. And the Boise State, what, Broncos took on the Oregon Ducks. In a game that looked a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, looked familiar, Loki. Something about that game says I've seen that before. I don't know where, but I've seen that game once before between the Oregon Ducks and Boise State. Lots of uh, expectation for the Oregon Ducks going into that game. 
facing Boise State. Now, I think a lot of people forgot how good Boise State actually was and that they could still play football. I know Chris Peterson is no longer there, so I think people thought that the allure of this, you know, the big blue was kind of gone. But Boise State came out firing last night. Uh, the score was 24 nothing before half started. Four, count them, one, two, three, four turnovers by the Oregon Ducks in the first half. That's not going to be a, a, a recipe for for winning in at, at any level. You know, if you throw four, half, if you have four first half turnovers, two interceptions, two fumbles from your your two impact players, that's that that was a bad sign to start the game. And I think a lot of Ducks fans and a lot of people watching football were kind of saying, "Okay, here we go. Here's where the wheels fall off." Bad call with Mario Cristobal. I don't necessarily agree. You know, with that, I thought last night Cristobal in his first game had a lot to deal with. Now, I'll be honest, man. And eight th- These past eight days have been nuts. You had a head coach that was uh, saying all the right things about wanting to be an Oregon Duck and wanting to stay here and wanting to build something. And then just like that, he was gone. Your players within that same eight days took up a, a petition to keep you in town, to keep you there as their head coach. Um, you lost some commits. You found out some commits were staying. You found out your star running back wasn't going to play. Like, there were a lot of things that happened in these past eight, eight days. So I don't blame Mario Cristobal for everything. However, there were some play calls in between that game that weren't necessarily – I guess they were head scratchers more than anything. Uh, yeah. Um, it, I think part of the, the problem that you have is – and I think you pointed out to it perfectly is – Everything that you're having to do to preparation uh, in preparation for this game, you're also having to deal with basically fire control with with recruiting. I mean that that was the number one thing uh, when Taggart left was oh no we got to do whatever we can to salvage this recruiting class. And what are you do- are you thinking about the Las Vegas Bowl and Boise State at that point? No, you're you're on the phone, you're texting these kids, you're trying to make sure that you're getting as many of these kids to stay as you can. And that very much guarantee hurts your preparation for the game. Not to mention you have which coaches are going to stay, which coaches are going to go. We need to try to lock down some of these guys. And so, I mean, your preparation for the game, your ability to to watch the film, dissect what Boise State is, um, I guarantee you they got a lot more of that than what Oregon did um, to, to prepare uh, to get for this game, at least Cristobal, um, you know, maybe the Ducks themselves got to get in there and get a bunch of of um, video time. But uh, Cristobal had a lot on his plate, and so did the rest of his staff. I mean, there was just so much fire control trying to to keep as many of these recruits in there because you're not just thinking. Yeah, well, what's more important? the Las Vegas bowl or the future of your program in these recruits. And it's the future of the program and the recruits over the Las Vegas bowl. And let's face it. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think honestly, I thought they were equally as important, you know, for me, um, this Las Vegas bowl, I thought was going to say a lot about crystal ball, um, a lot about his preparation, because this isn't going to be the first time he's going to deal with some adversity being a head coach. Now, mind you, it was a lot of it in eight days, but you know, your job is to make sure you got these young men ready to go out there and play football and for the first half of football, it didn't look like they were ready. It wasn't until late in the second half, that, or excuse me, second quarter, that there was an interception. You know, I think it's 102 yards, 101 yards. It was 100 yards, yeah. Jeez, 101 yeah. yard interception. Uh, and then there was a fumble recovery for 86 like 86 yards. yards or something mm-hmm. like that. So you saw the defense 
was ready to play ish. You know, they they were kind of bend but don't break, but they they were they were bending a whole lot in that first half. And then it looked like in the second half, kind of figured it out a little bit. You know, was able to move the ball. Um, Herbert finally, you know, was able to figure things out. But you were able to see finally for the first time how important really Royce Freeman is to this offense. It was really strange to see him in, in street clothes or just in his, in his jersey and not participating in the game because he's been the force for the Oregon Ducks the entire season. For that four games, or I believe it's four games that Justin Herbert was out, those wins that they had, those two wins came on the legs of over thirty yard, you know, thirty rushes um, in these games. You know, it's he, he was the true definition of a workhorse. He was basically what Nick Saban does to those backs in Alabama. Absolutely, and um, I very much was supportive of him taking this game off. He deserves it. Uh, he gave the Ducks a lot. In his career at Oregon, and for a game that doesn't mean anything for the program outside of trying to get Cristobal off on a good start, I, he deserved it. But I, I just saw so many parallels between this start and Chip Kelly's start, and the fact that look at we're gonna go there. I mean, just down to the the school you're playing. It's the first the, his first head coaching start for the um, the school, and it's going against the Boise State Broncos. Same as Chip Kelly. It, Chip Kelly first half couldn't have gone. It was awful. I mean, it was worse it was than Cristobal's by far. Like, this was a better start than Chip Kelly had. Um, he scored more. He scored more points. Scored more points. Offense looked better. Defense no. looked better in that game. And you didn't end with a, a you know a player getting punched on the opposite team. So like, I mean, I think a lot of Duck fans wished it had with the, <laughs> with the player from Boise State just getting his block knocked off by one of the players, one of the graduating players. I think that would have been you know really fitting for that game. But yes. You're going to start seeing a lot of Chip Kelly comparisons. For that, I would tell people to hold on a little bit. But, you know, there's definitely some things I guess people have to look forward to. And we're going to talk about that when we come back right here. Football Sunday, 1080 The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 918, 1080 The Fan. Last night, Las Vegas Bowl. A really a good bowl game. If you're ever in Vegas and need something to do, want something to do, the tickets are relatively, you know, good, well-priced. Man, I went to look at plane tickets like the day after the bowl was announced. They were there. The tickets that were left were like, uh, you could get there in one day in like 10 hours, but the day back, it was always the re- return flight. It was like a 26-hour flight. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what? It's like three layovers, and that's the worst. When you go on a, go to a place that's really only a two-hour flight, and it takes you a day to get there because they have to stop in Denver. And then after they go to Denver, they stop in San Francisco. It's like, why are we here, man? Let's just go go home. And the layovers are like six hours at each place. So, yeah. That's the one kind of bad thing, especially during the holiday time, about going to Vegas or really anywhere. Is the layovers aren't cool. So, um, next season is approaching. This was um, Cristobal's final game as the, as the head coach, or first and only game as the head coach. Now the preparation begins to, to start the 2017, uh, 2018 19 season. And I'm curious. 
to Duck fan out there and Beaver fan, what are your expectations for your programs next year? Now, I think we I know what my expectations are, but I'll be honest. I didn't go to the University of Oregon. I had some good times there. Met some cool chicks. I didn't go to Oregon State. Also had some okay times there. But I'm curious to know how actual Beaver, Duck and Beaver fans, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a fringe Duck and Beaver fan. Just because, I mean, I'm from Oregon, I'll show love to my Oregon schools. I got a lot of love for Portland State, a lot of love for U of P, Concordia, all the schools around. If you start doing well, you know, we're going to support you. And that's the way it should be from your hometown. I think next year the Oregon Ducks, I don't want to say are going to fall back a little bit, but if we saw last night Mario Cristobal, we got a sample size of what we should be looking for. And if that sample size is really what it's going to be moving forward, then I see the Ducks taking a seat, a, a step backwards next year. Now, this could just be an aberration. You know, this could just be a, a, a one, one-time thing. He went in there. Things didn't go well. It happens. Again, I think a lot of people were ready, ready to give up on Chip Kelly after that first game, that first loss to Boise State. Oh, man, bring back Bilotti. Terrible idea. Shouldn't have let him go. And then he became the best coach in the University of Oregon's history. It happens like that sometimes. So I, I was reading some of the tweets, and if the computer would go any faster, I might be able to read them to you as far as some of the, some of the reaction. And I'll be real. I think it's fine. I, th I thought both sides were, were correct. You are okay to be kind of squeamish about Mario Cristobal being the head coach of the Oregon Ducks. You're also okay to support him in his first outing as the head coach of the Oregon Ducks. I think both sides make great arguments. And really the thing about it is, man, they, both sides are, are, there's a chance both of them are right. I mean, just, just to be honest, there was some, we talked about a little earlier, there were some play calls that we saw in that game that we were like, even people that don't play football, I saw were, or don't really watch football, were kind of tweeting and putting on their Facebook, oh, the play calls, sad face, sick emoji, you know, whatever the case was. Uh, there were times I was looking at the game, I was like, that was a bad decision. I don't, I don't know if I had called that right there, but you're the head coach. But then again, Cristobal has openly said that, hey, man, I'm going to let my offensive guys, you know, kind of call the plays. I'm going to be a little more hands-off and just really want to be kind of a motivator of, of, of the kids. I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I want a guy that knows X's and O's. And I, I'm not going to say Cristobal doesn't, but it certainly didn't look like it in that first game. So that gives me some cause for concern moving forward for the next season. I, I, like, we were really I, I mad at Mark Helfrich for some of the same things, some of the same play calls, and he got your team to a national championship. Well, Marcus Mariota got your team to a national championship, but he was the coach that helped get them there. But and his play calls were sometimes like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. So I, I'm, I'm curious how patient Ducks fans are going to be with Cristobal. Well, I mean, we, we talked about how this is – I mean, we haven't even really dived into how many different aspects changed – and had to be going in different directions and people's responsibilities changing within a matter of days in a, you know, you know basically like a 10-day span. Um, 
to get these kids ready for a bowl game. And it, it, not to mention the fact that now you're talking about kids who have classes to go to. They're dealing with getting ready for winter break and um, having still to deal with practices they didn't know if they were going to be dealing with a month ago and and then coaching changes that none of them were expecting to deal with and then the media um, storm of about the recruits and everything so like that also affects the way these kids are playing um, it so I mean in reality I, I think it's way too quick um, and way too small of a sample size to even jump to any sort of conclusion one way or another I know on the way in I was thinking Okay, you know, it, us in this show, it's really fun for us to pose the question, oh no, did did Oregon get it wrong? Yeah. Did they do it did they do it right or did they get it wrong? We they might have done we, they might have made the wrong decision because that creates this fun little storm that we can feed off of um but the fact of the matter is there's just not enough to even come to a conclusion no, as to whether it was yet. a good or a bad decision. Not yet. And I finally found those tweets that I was looking for. Uh, never listen to athletes in determining the next head coach. I, I can't say I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, young kids, and we've all been there, we act on emotion. We act on our heart. We don't necessarily think about what could be the best thing for us at that point. You know, so um, I think there's an overwhelming need to be loyal when you're young because that's what you're told to be. You're told to ride for your teammates. You're told to ride for your coaches. If you've ever played football or basketball, it's all about you guys. And this was a situation to where they really, they, they were felt abandoned by their head coach. And here was a guy saying, man, rally around me. And that's what the kids did, you know? So I, I totally, I mean, I'm not gonna say I totally agree with it, but I say, listen to the kids, listen to the students, but also don't let them be the final decision maker on who takes over one of the best programs in all of college football. No, I mean, it, but it is nice to have that. It's okay. awesome I mean, to know that you have that. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, and uh, should he have a really good concept of X's and O's? Yes. Is it the most important thing as the head coach? Uh, I, I think it's more important if your coordinators are, are able to, to get those X's and O's because as the, as I mean, let's face it, when you're the head coach, you at, at the college level, you know, um, you are more of the GM. You don't have a whole lot of time to say, I am going to focus on specifically, you know, this aspect. You have to focus on the offense, the defense, the special teams in every aspect. And you're, you have meetings with all of these different coaches. So, I mean, X's and O's, you and the players as the head coach, you don't necessarily I, like to me, I would probably rather the head coach be a great recruiter with good concepts that surrounds himself by very intelligent football yeah. minds. Yeah, I, and I, I think that's incredibly important, you know, to make sure that you have the right people around you. I also think it's important to be able to know what you're looking at and what what's the best play to call in certain situations, short situations, long situations. Um, and if you can't do that, that's that's it's going to be a problem. We have a couple texts here on the Bridgeport Bears text line before we get out of here. Uh, if we take a step back from last year, next or from this wait, if we take a step back this year, next year, this means our coaches will be horrible. Uh, we have a lot of freshmen playing this year. Easy schedule should be much better next year. I, that's that's true. They have a very favorable schedule for the Oregon Ducks next year, so they have an opportunity to really make some things happen. So Cristobal is taking the Ed uh, the Herm Edwards approach. I certainly hope not. Herm Edwards openly said, man, 
I'm not going to worry about those 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 things. You know, I'm here to make sure we raise men. No, you better worry about winning. That's going to be really important here in the Pac-12 because you will be ousted immediately. I'm hoping for the best, but there was that was an alarming first game. It was. The second half was much better, and if you had got that effort in the first half, I think people would say something much different, even if the Ducks only lost by six points. Now, they lost by 10, which isn't which isn't terrible. They didn't get stomped out by Boise State. And you lost like, by 10 to a good team. You lost by 10 by a top 25 team, which is probably going to move up a little bit in the rankings by the time the season is over. So don't feel too, too bad uh, about that. Um, maybe Taggart wasn't wasn't that bad calling offensive plays. Maybe he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you never really know. So at this point, we won't know. Only thing we can judge off of is what Taggart does when he goes to the ACC in Florida State and what Cristobal is going to be able to do as we move forward into next season. All right, coming up next, get your fantasy questions in. We're going to start our fantasy scramble. That's coming up next. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Uh, what a what a difference a couple years makes. You know, back then I was, you know, really stressing out about how bad my what, team like was. Like three weeks ago? No, I yeah, said what was, I said. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it was three weeks ago. You were like, oh, See, my team stinks. That sounds like a man who's not in the playoffs right uh, now. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in uh, my, the playoffs that matters. Are you really? Yeah. That's what's up. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I, I had I uh, Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon go off last night. So you know what, Alex Smith good. came through, kind of, sorta for me. Oh, so this is the week that I didn't get the text message complaining about Alex Smith and oh, how much he sucks. Hey, no, yeah, um, listen, we have a, a behind the scenes. He a likes very to send much, out those text messages. No, that guys. was I put that on Facebook. I was really <laughs> frustrated with Alex Smith, man. Who, who gives you four points in fantasy? Like, what quarterback does that? Like, who does that, Alex Smith? Like, come on, man. Hey, Nathan Peterman gave, like, negative seven point-something points at one point this season. Come on, Alex Smith has been doing that to me, like, a whole lot. And really, he's only in there because Deshaun Watson is out. But he's just been the definition of up and down. And thank you to Travis Kelsey for only giving me four points. I appreciate that. You know, that's what's going to help me move forward. But yet and still, the TaylorMade Mafia is uh, just a game away from going to the championship for the second year in a row, possibly winning for the second year in a row. I'm not going to complain. I, I missed the playoffs. I mean, it, it, it your boy, Tom Brady, I'll, I'll, here's a little truth bomb for everybody out there. Tom Brady outscored by Jimmy Garoppolo two weeks in a, a row. Just, just throwing that out there. That, good job, Tom. You don't have nice to job me. in the playoffs. You, you know, you know why I traded Tom Brady. I foresaw his crappy 60. end of the season play. Well, you know, we forget that Brady didn't play the first four weeks of the Super Bowl season. Oh no, last I don't. Year. That's that's and my whole excuse. That was the, that was that was big for him. That should have been what they did this year. I really would have given Garoppolo a lot of snaps and saved Brady for the playoffs. But I digress. I'm it was the perfect scenario last year. Four games off to start the season. You got some good preseason play to to keep the blood flowing. Four games off. Come back. Get the first seed so you get a week off to start the playoffs. Two games, another week off, and then you get to play a game. Like it, it just it it by the end of last season, his his arm was looking a little weaker. 
Just saying. Yeah, it's it's he's old now. You know, you're, you're definitely truth bomb. How old uh, one Thomas Brady is? Okay, so we've had some questions rolling in since earlier this morning. So let's go ahead and get to it. Um, well, I have Philip Rivers and faced Kareem Hunt yesterday. So needless to say, I need a, a playoff Christmas miracle, non PPR at the flex. Rex Burkhead, Jarek McKinnon, or Demarco Murray. I assume you just need one. I'm going to say Rex Burkhead. He is a must start at this point. I mean, yeah, I um I think your upside with McKinnon and Burkhead are, are about the same. It's just McKinnon either goes off or he doesn't. Burkhead seems to be pretty consistent. He has yeah. a better floor and just as high of a ceiling, so I would go Burkhead as well. Full point PPR Funches or Brandon Cooks, Collins or Burkhead. Um I'm going with um, Devin Funches and and Cam Newton look like they're having a lot of fun right now playing football. Uh, Brandon Cooks didn't have a catch last week, but it's the Patriots, so he'll probably have six today and maybe a touchdown. So um, I will probably go ahead and say, um, and then Gronkowski's back, so that's going to open up some things, you know, for for Cooks on the outside. So I'll probably go Brandon Cooks today, and then again Rex Burkhead must start. I I just don't know. Joe Hayden's supposed to be back today. Uh, which I, I'm assuming Joe Hayden, Brandon Cooks are going to go together. Um, Cooks over the last two games, three catches and uh, 55 yards, three catches, 55 yards for Brandon Cooks. I'm going to go punch us all day on that. Um, this is where things are interesting, and that's where Alex Collins is legit. He's been a revelation for that offense, um, whereas Rec, Rex Burkhead has been – very good, very solid since he came back from his injury. Um, I very much kind of have this one up in the air. I'd probably look a lot at what the matchup is uh, against Cleveland. Pretty good, good matchup. Um, but I, honestly, I'm probably going to throw Alex Collins out there over Burkhead. And just because it's not quite as much of a, of a timeshare. Okay. So, but that's that's a super close one. I don't think you can go wrong on that one. But I, I do like Funches over over Cooks. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, Marcus Lee, or Watkins half point PPR. Um, uh, probably gonna I'm probably gonna go Juju. I don't know why, but I like Juju Smith Schuster. I'm going to do this in order for you. I like Lee, Juju, Watkins. Okay, there you go. You heard it from Jesse. Uh, pick two, five point or or point, half point people. I was like five points. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Marco Murray, Lamar Miller, Deion Lewis, Gio Bernard. Uh, I just don't like any. Jeez. Uh, I like Bernard. I, He's going to get everything there. I was going to say it was for me is between Lewis and Bernard, but I like Bernard as well. I just, you know. Um, Joe Mixon's out with a concussion something right about now. The Bengals that I just that just doesn't doesn't sit well with me. So I'm going to go ahead and Gio Bernard, though. Or if if not, if you're on the fence about that, I'm going to go ahead and say Deion Lewis. I like Deion Lewis until I heard Bernard, and then I was like, oh, yes, that one, that one, that one. There's nobody else to run the rock, and he's he's um, great at receiving the ball. He's, in fact, better as a pass catcher than he is at running the ball. But he is a very good between-the-tackles guy as well. He's probably the most well one of the most well-rounded um, you know, backs in the league, so... Standard, uh, standard scoring, Big Ben or Drew Brees. Uh, Big Ben has the Patriots, which is the game that's not um, on, uh, it's not primetime, which is weird, should be. 
Um, but I will probably go. I'm going to go Drew Brees against that um, New York Jets defense. I just feel like the Patriots aren't going to have two bad games in a row. Um, they usually don't play very well in Miami for whatever reason against the Dolphins. And I don't know if they – and they do really, really well against Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to show up today. I, I got to go Big Ben at home. We all know he's a better quarterback at home. And um, he's thrown 10 touchdowns in the last three games at home. 10. Uh, and and then if you just want to go back to the last five games, he's thrown 14 touchdowns and all. So, um, Big Ben's definitely on a hot streak. He's, he's on a hot The streak. Patriots are their kryptonite. For, or is, is his kryptonite for whatever reason. It is. I, I, I'm hoping they – I mean, I would assume they'll be able to move the ball. The The Patriots defense hasn't been um, amazing. It's it's not awful by any means. It's just it's, it's coming around. It is. It's coming around. Uh, we got one more before we get out of here for break, and then we'll do some more as we get back. Uh, PPR Duke Johnson or R. Smith, I assume. Rod Smith. Rod Smith. Uh, Duke Johnson. That's an interesting one. Rod Smith has, um, I would say, the higher ceiling. This is one of those ones, do you really, really, really need a lot of points? Um, and if not, then... I kind of like Duke Johnson in this one. It, he's got a pretty solid floor. If you're, it, I believe it, this was half point PPR, full PPR. You said uh, um, it's just PPR. I think it's full um, point. And as far as they're playing Baltimore, Baltimore is a top five team giving up yards to receivers through the passing game, and that is exactly what Duke Johnson is. So he's got a really good matchup. I like Duke Johnson. We will address the rest of these when we come back right here, Football Sunday on the Fan. Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 946, 1080 The Fan, football Sunday, soon to be sports Sunday here in a few weeks. I'm super excited about that. <sighs> I mean, I'm just such a football junkie. It's Well, yeah, it's but I mean, at a point, man, I just get, I, I, I like all the other, you know, sports too. Like, I mean, well, not all the other ones. Like, I mean, I've, I've been getting more involved with baseball because Lynch is kind of making me. Uh, I'm not going to be involved with soccer. I'm sorry, Lynch. I know you really want us to be into that. It's just not going to happen for me. Go Timbers, though. Like, I'll go to the games and be a part of the Timbers Army all night. So, but yeah, I want to get back to making sure we talk about the, the Blazers and how up and down, mostly down. It's, it's this, it, you know, the Blazers, what they are, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And the conversation gets really old. It's the same conversation with different players every year. Or in this case, the last couple of years, it's been the same players. Is it time I, to acknowledge the Blazers are maybe just a bad team? I, or just a middle of the road I, I think team? they're just a middle of the road team. And that's, I mean, but so isn't the, that what the Blazers have basically always been outside of a year here and a year there? Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, uh -huh. that, I mean, they're. Typically never awful. Yeah, so. They're typically never great. It's just, uh, hey guys, here's the Blazers. We can be average, and you're going to eat it up because there's nothing else in town. 
So, yeah, so yeah, be on the lookout for Sports Sunday as that will be back here pretty soon. But for now, we still got some fantasy questions to ask. Need two in Standard League, Westbrook, Landry, Cup, Goodwin. Um, we were literally just talking about Cooper Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's still somebody I feel like you have to put out there if you have him. There's the, I think he has big playability. Um, if you actually get it, will be, I guess, the million dollar question. But I'm going to go and say, go ahead and say Landry and um, Cup. So this is a, a two, pick two? Yes. Uh, I like Landry and I like Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook, if you want to take into account what he's done um, since he's been healthy for this team, he started off with the respectable three for 35, then he caught six catches, six catches, five catches, and it all every week it's gone up 35 yards, 41 yards, 78 yards, 81 yards, and a touchdown. If you're in a PPR league, he's um, he's got a really solid floor. He kind of turning into that Jarvis Landry with big play upside. Uh, do I roll the dice with Rodgers? Uh, my only other option is Winston or, or Garoppolo now that I've lost Wentz. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a really – that's a great conundrum today. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Yeah, I know, but is is that shoulder going to be – all the way right for him to go, go on to this game today. Um, but, it, again, like you said, it's Aaron freaking Rodgers, so I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I, there's if, no if way. he's available, you got to play Aaron No way I'm sitting him. He's healthy. He's ready to go. He's been practicing, I believe, for at least a week, I think the last two weeks with the – no, he practiced last week with the pre, uh, practice squad. This week he's actually practicing with the starters. He's got a couple weeks of getting reps under his belt, throwing the ball – um, he's broken his collarbone before, and that didn't stop him from coming back. It's not like he shies away from hits. I, it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, need one to ride along with Alvin Kamara, uh, DeMarco Murray, um, P. Ryan, or Derrick Henry. I think I go with DeMarco Murray. Yeah, they're, they're not giving up on Murray there. Um, you would have seen them pass the baton at this point if they were going to this season. It's going to take Murray getting hurt for Henry to become the bell cow. Um, I believe Henry has about the same ceiling as Murray because he's got more upside, but he just doesn't get the touches. P. Ryan, I don't like his matchup this week. And I mean, granted, there's not much there, but I think they're going to end up passing the ball. Um, so I very much like Murray, unfortunately, over this. I don't really like any of your backs, though. Oh, this is this is one. Um, Devin Funches or Josh Gordon? I uh, So this is mine, actually. This is a personal one that I have. Like, I need to know this as well. Um, Josh Gordon's been on. He's had two really good games. Had a great game last week. Um, Devin Funches, again, he and Cam Newton look like they're having fun playing football again. So... I'm curious as to where it's to go just because I need this game to be in the championship. Um, well, okay, so here's what we want to come down to. Um, I, like I said earlier, I believe, you know, obviously Gordon is the elite receiver here of the two. Um, but at the same time, he is only coming back to his third game. The matchup is not a good matchup. If you want to take in respects, Baltimore um, has only given up five touchdowns on the season to wide receivers. Um, now, Granted, over the last four weeks, they have given up 279 yards, 203 yards, 197, 184. So you have the upside of 
of yardage there, but they have not given up the TDs, whereas Funchess is getting the looks, he's getting the yardage, and he is getting the TDs right now. There's not much else there, and and they're also going against um, Green Bay, which outside of HaHa Clinton Dix, there's not much in that secondary to stop Funchess. So. Um, let's see. Pick three. Drake, P. Ryan, Burkhead, Lynch, Collins, Gurley. That's a lot of backs all at one time. Um, pick three, I'm going Burkhead, um, Collins, Gurl, Drake. Oh, no, Gurley. Got to go Gurley there. I know he's going against the, the 12s, but, uh, I mean, Gurley's been too good all season he's long. He's been very good all season. Um, um, but, yeah, no, I, I like the, I mean, Rex, um, I like Gurley, and I like Collins as well. I, I think those are, I, if you go Drake, it's I, it's not, I don't think you're, you're, I mean that's probably the fourth one in my book though. So, uh, yeah, I think I think I'm. Uh, I think I would probably go Drake, Burkhead, um, Collins. So, All right. I just yeah. I mean, well, we definitely got like Burkhead about, and just, Collins in there. It's just something about the twelves and you know having to. I believe they have to go to Seattle. Yeah, they're in Seattle, and that's granted, a, they. I don't believe Gurley had a great game the first time, but that I mean, in in reality, they haven't been I guess they've been pretty good against the run but um I mean they just gave up 158 yards and a touchdown last week I, I mean the, the Seahawks defense has been one of those uh, one of those things it's like you, you're not sure what you're going to get we've seen games where they um, allow all those six points you know a couple field goals then we've seen games where they give up four or five touchdowns to rookie quarterbacks now mind you that rookie quarterback was Deshaun Watson but it, it it it's still there's there's been little consistency with the Seattle defense this year, which is really rare because you're used to making to see them just shutting people completely out, and then you add a couple of more injuries on top of that. It, it looked like it, it may be a, a long end of the season for the Seahawks. Yeah, I it, yeah I they're they got the Rams, Dallas, um, those. Those two, like Dallas actually has something to play for. Arizona to round things out. Um, but I, man, I'm going I'm to call the upset and say that the Rams are going to win in Seattle today. I, I like it. Well, it's an important win for both teams, and we're going to talk about that in the uh, West Coast bias because both teams are really going to need this game uh, for because the playoffs are looming. But these are the fantasy Football playoffs, this for everyone here, if you're asking questions right now, it's probably because you're in the semifinal game, hoping that you get a chance to play in the finals. So this is going to be a really important week for you. So good luck to everyone playing. And also I want to say, if we don't get a chance to really do this, you know, more because we don't have as many questions, man. Thank you to everybody that participated in the Fantasy Scramble this year for 1080 The Fan uh, with Sports Sunday, or excuse me, Football and Sports Sunday uh, with Dirt and Sprague, you know, with the center and the Saint guys, man. This was an awesome year. We, I had more people in my league this year than I did last year. I think we all kind of did. It was a huge turnout. And every week, we've just been flooded with fantasy questions unless it's like a holiday and everybody's in the house sleep. But uh, so really thank you guys so much for just really interacting with us and, you know, letting us help you out with your with your fantasy questions. If you come back every week, that means that one of us gave you some pretty good information. Yeah. Probably me. And, and- <laughs> And um, and for keeping up on the rosters, you know, I, I know sometimes when you 
season is not going the way that you want it to go, still interacting with the roster, still going to the waiver wire, still playing the game. I know that's been a problem with a lot of fantasy teams I've participated in the past is people get disinterested and just stop playing. We got one more. Ooh, uh, we got one. Or we got, looks like we got two more. We'll try to get to them real fast. We know we want to get you guys in there. Pick one. Mike Davis, Doug Martin, Curran Williams. Curran uh, <laughs> Williams? Yeah. Sure. Williams? Yeah. I, I, Curran Williams has been pretty solid last week. I, I mean, I like the upside of Mike Davis playing um, uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. I, you know, obviously that, that offense is pretty potent sometimes and he is involved in the passing game you're going against the rams and the rams um are a good defense but they are kind of soft against the running game so i I, i'd probably go davis there okay um pick one ppr muhammad sanu jordy nelson deon lewis um i'll probably go deon lewis because he's gonna get he's gonna catch the ball he's gonna be able to run the ball probably go deon lewis man it But so, Aaron Rodgers coming back to so Jordy Nelson is a huge target. It's like it's the Aaron freaking Rodgers effect. And it, th- this is the one thing where um, part of me would probably go safe play. Dion Lewis, he's plenty involved. He's running between the tackles. He still catches the balls where, you know, I, as much as I believe in Aaron freaking Rodgers, there is the, well, maybe he's got a little bit of rust and maybe he saw how well Devontae Adams was doing and, you know, yeah, maybe there's some regression there. So, I, yeah, I'll go Lewis over over Jordy. That is the fantasy scramble. Hopefully, you're able to get your your guys off the bench and into the game, or off the into off out of the game and onto the bench. We have another three minutes or so before game time starts. So make sure you make those corrections to your roster. Coming up next, shoot, what is coming up next? NFL playoff picture. It looks crazy, so we're going to talk about it when you come back right here Football Sunday on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 